0: Hey guys, Jordan here from the Giro podcast. I hope this finds you well, wherever you are and finds you and your families healthy and safe. Uh, This is a really great podcast. Uh, It's with a very good friend of mine and he's got just the most amazing story and I know you're going to enjoy it. Just a quick heads up. Uh, doing these podcasts across great distances uh, using various technologies can sometimes throw up uh, some technical issues with this episode the audio is not quite where we want it to be but please don't let that take away from James's story here it really is amazing he's an amazing guy and he's doing amazing things so sit back and enjoy Ladies and gentlemen, uh, welcome back to the Giro podcast. Uh, in this new coronavirus age of, of podcasting, uh, we're continuing this uh, process using the magic of Skype uh, to connect with people all around the world, actually. And I'm joined with a, um, someone who's become a very good friend of mine, a guy called James Golding. Hi, James. Hi, how are you? I'm very good, mate. How are you?
1: Yeah, good. Um, so
0: you're joining, yeah, good. Us, you're joining us from sunny Portugal.
1: It's not so sunny. I, oh, I, can, so I, I can assure you it's, it's not it's not so sunny apparently the weather's really good back in England and I think it's better there than it is here at the moment.
0: I mean we have reached 20 degrees today mate this is this is big stuff.
1: Wow we've we've reached about 20 millimetres of rain over the last two days. Oh my
0: gosh well <coughs> I, I mean you're you're in one of my favourite parts of the world so of course I feel bad for you but there's a part of me that's Quite happy it's sunny here.
1: It's it's funny actually, not many people that I speak to um have much sympathy for us not having great weather at the moment.
0: <laughs> no, no. Hey <laughs> hey Um so I wanted to obviously do this podcast to introduce uh our listener base to you who some probably do know you, but there's probably plenty that 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 don't. And just really kind of your story. Um I was just thinking back to where we first sort of connected i think we'd met like a few times maybe through some hot chili things and then uh the first i got aware of kind of what you do was we you did a ride through for a a a company about four years ago through the cafe i think it was with adobe yeah
1: um i think i yeah i can't remember where we first met we i think we we met through um i think we met through mark sinclair and yep, uh, gary right. gary blesson probably yeah. um uh, i think it might have even been at, at ruler um, okay yeah that makes sense one year and then um i came in the cafe a couple of times uh, with the hot chili guys um and then i did some stuff with francis that's uh, right. Cade and yeah, that's right. um and then yeah then we brought adobe through we did a, a corporate ride with those guys um from from the cafe and then loop back through and had breakfast and stuff there at the same time. And, and then obviously the, the Portugal connection kind of developed from there really.
0: So that, that, um, that ride with Adobe, the reason I reference that is because that was for me, the first understanding of, 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 of your story, because you were obviously doing a ride with them, but that was also part of you doing a bit of speaking engagements with them as I understand it. And that, yeah. that kind of, for me, shone a light onto your quite remarkable story. Um, <laughs> And I mean, I don't really know how to how to get into this. I mean, why don't why don't you just give me a quick kind of summary of 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 your story, and then we'll kind of start to pick it apart? And because it's amazing, and I know it, it, will, it will really kind of speak into the lives of a lot of our listeners.
1: Yeah, I think um, it's it's not it's developed into quite a long story now, but yeah, the kind of the elevator pitch really of because it, it's turned into quite a long story um, is that November two thousand and eight, I'd been suffering for a number of months with. Um, with really bad back pain, and we'd been down various routes. Doctors have told me that I was that I was that I was fine, and it was nothing to worry about. Um, mm. Now comes the elevator pitch. But November 2008, I was diagnosed with an 11 and a half centimeter abnormal mass wedged between my spine, kidney, and bowel, which they believed to be cancer. Um, we would then have to go down various tests and et cetera, et cetera. They then found that I, they then diagnosed me with what was called a primary repertoinial seminoma. Mm-hmm. Um, and because of where it was, it was between my spine, kidney and bowel, but it was too close to my spine. Um, and too, it was too big to be able to operate on. So we needed to go down the chemotherapy route. Um, by February, 2009, I'd gone from 14 stone to six. Um, I'd lost the ability to walk um, and was being rushed into emergency surgery on a Friday night. Mm. It took uh, four surgeons, six hours um, to save my life. And out the back of that, I was kept in an induced coma for nearly two weeks wow. and then in intensive care for another week after that. And then coming out of there, I went on to, I went from um, intensive care on to one level down from intensive care, which Basically, the difference is in intensive care, you've got one nurse per bed. Um, in the ward I went to, you'd got one nurse per two beds. Um, mm. So it was it was a step down. But um, from there, uh, it was a case of relearning how to walk, learning to eat, learning to move, learning to get dressed. I mean, I woke, when I woke up in intensive care, I'd got 45 stitches in my stomach from just above my pelvic bone right up to the center of my rib cage. Um, i 'd got two tubes in my left hand side, two tubes in my right hand side. My bowel had been partly brought out onto the surface um, i 'd got two tubes in each arm um, i 'd got one in my back, uh, one in my throat, one at my nose um, and there was there was a couple of other tubes kicking around as well, but we won 't talk about where they were <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, um, and they they remained with me for a number of weeks um, Coming out of that, I, I, as I say, had to relearn how to walk. Um, I eventually left hospital um, at the end of April, beginning of May um, 2009. And then um, I decided to cycle across America in 2010, but got hit by a truck two thirds of the way across so let's back.
0: let's let's start to kind of unpack that a bit because <laughs> yeah. i mean it's yeah. i mean you're right it, it has turned into <laughs> you know a, an amazing story and what you're doing now is is remarkable um and i suppose i appreciate just the honesty and you know but obviously that is you, you've just said a heck of a lot in a short amount of time yeah. so you after you went through that you know kind of you know ordeal with the surgeries it was in what 2010 or 2009 that you started cycling?
1: Yeah, it was the end of 2000. And, um, it was the end of 2009. I mean, I used to, I used to race mountain bikes as a kid. Um, but, um, road cycling was for the, for the slightly strange people, (laughs) people out there. Yeah. Um, I think it, I think it still is, but when you become one of the strange people all of a sudden you're not, it's not so strange anymore. It's it's Um,
0: completely normal. Yeah.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Correct. You know, um, and, um, I stopped riding. I, I used to race cross country and downhill, but then I stopped racing when I was sort of 18 and had to get a proper job yeah. and then I didn't have anything to do with bikes. And as I say to a lot of people now, I, I basically lived a life for 10 years about who I, who I really was and sure. and, and what I was doing. It, it was all about money and mm. material objects and, um, being out late Friday, Saturday, so sleeping how- all day Sunday.
0: How old were you when when you got diagnosed with cancer in 2000? So I was 20.
1: I was I was 28 when I got okay. diagnosed. So sure. uh, my birthday's July. So I was 28. Um, yeah, not what you expect to kind of go through no. at uh, uh, 28. And I think the 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 difference we've been talking about this with a couple of other people recently, um, and they were sort of saying, but what about you know cancer and weren't you aware of the problems and aware of you know your your symptoms and what you were going through? And I was kind of like, well. No, because we didn't have access to as much information then. I mean, you know, for me, it's kind of 10, 12 years ago, but we didn't have iPhones. iPhones hadn't even been released at that point, you know?
0: But, I mean, but even today, you know, there's, you, you know, you don't expect it to happen to you. No. You know, um, because you're young, you're invincible, you're doing well, you know, it's like, of course, you know, why, why would something like that just come and railroad you?
1: I was fit as a fiddle. You know, I was, mm. um, I'd gone from... I'd been an estate agent and then worked my way through into land and new home development and investment and was running my own business and then when the market crashed i went back to the original trade that i learned when i left school which was plastering so i was plastering five six days a week and i was going to the gym afterwards you know i was i was super fit um Mm. i think my body fat was somewhere around six percent at the time Mm you know when you 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 know plaster comes in 25 kilogram bags yeah, of and course. you're probably you're probably getting through somewhere between six to eight bags a day um and then you're mixing that with water and you're putting that on walls as well you're up and down steps you're basically doing step aerobics all day every day with 25 kilograms yeah so you know you, you i wasn't expecting it at all um and it it really was it re- it really was a curveball it really was
0: so, I mean, obviously a, a, a huge, a huge ordeal, but thankfully came out the other side of that. Um, yeah. And then you started cycling again. And then in 2010, you said, right, I'm going to cycle across America. What was the, what was the desire to want to do that? Was it to uh, make a statement? Was it to prove to people? Was it for charity? What was the, what was the story?
1: I think in hindsight, there was probably a little bit of everything you know, mm. that you've mentioned in there really. But for me, it was the fact that I'd come, I'd come out of hospital. I'd relearn really how to walk. I was back at home. I'd had my bowel put back together, um, and I'm been told to go back to normal. I'm having this whole massive argument and debate with myself around what normal is now. Mm. Do I go back to work? Am I well enough to go back to work? And what do I go back to doing? Do I go Mm. back into property? Do I go back in investment? Do I go back to plastering? Am I fit enough to go back to plastering? You know, there's there's a big thing within the cancer world that um, a lot of cancer patients feel abandoned when or if they recover from yeah. cancer because it, you're under such intense treatment at the time that then all of a sudden it's like, right, well done, off you go, back to normal. What does normal now look like? Yeah. Um, so I was having this whole kind of debate with myself and I, and I remember, and I, I don't mind admitting, I sat there one Sunday morning um, or Sunday afternoon completely hungover in an absolute mess from the from the night before. I'd been out, I think, like two nights on the bounce. But somebody that I lived with had been talking about certain things that they wanted to do to raise money for for charity, and I just that was kind of that was the start of me starting to think this isn't right. The, you know, my surgeon gave up his family holiday to be able to look after me. Yes. My nurse worked double shifts because she wanted to make sure that she was there to look after me. For me to go back to normal and to drop back into this old way of life, which in hindsight i didn't really miss whilst i was in hospital i didn't really you know none of those people that i was doing that stuff with whilst i was in hospital uh, before i went into hospital came to see me whilst i was in hospital so why am i now going back out and spending all this time with them um and it it just it started this process of then wanting to find something to do to give back to to thank those people that had been there for me Um, amazing and and i looked at all different challenges i looked at five days in the Midwest of America, I looked at the Rocky Mountain Challenge, I looked at John to Land's End, um, and it's not, it's not being disrespectful to anything that anybody's doing for charity, but for me, they weren't challenges.
0: Yeah,
1: Weighing six stone, being able to lift your own head off the pillow or not actually be able to even get to the edge of the bed, that's, that's a challenge. You know, Standing up for the first time and blacking out after 10 seconds, that was a challenge. Getting to the point of being able to ride a bike day after day wasn't. Um, but I couldn't ride a road bike at this point. I didn't, I, I, I was still thinking about getting back into mountain biking at that time. Yeah, sure. Um, but it became apparent that because of the amount of surgery that I'd had, mountain biking was going to be a real big challenge for me. In what um, way? Because, of, um, because when, they, when they opened up my bowel, they basically, I had, I had a lot of surgery within a very short period of time. Um, and normally, um, if I hadn't been as ill as I was, they wouldn't have performed the emergency operation. In fact, if I hadn't have been as ill as I was, but at the same time been as young as I was and as fit as I was, they wouldn't have performed that final operation to save my life. Um, They would have put me in the corner and made me comfortable. Surgeon Mm. has has admitted that time Mm -hmm. on time. Um, But I'd already had my abdomen opened, I think a week before um, they did that final op. So they wouldn't have normally done that operation. Um, but to be able to do what they needed to do they basically had to open me up and cut through my stomach muscles detach my stomach muscles and move them across to then bring my bowel out of the surface so I was then somebody would be prone for hernias um, and various other problems so the idea of going back mountain biking you know and I'm, I'm not I'm not disrespecting road riders in any of way, course. but riding a road bike compared to a mountain bike is a walk in the park. Yes, Mount, Mountain biking is, is, is a whole nother ball game. It, it's, yeah. it's proper hard work, you know? Absolutely, yeah. um, So to be able to go back into to doing that and probably be able to do it the way I wanted to was going to be too much of a risk. Okay. And there was a road bike sat in the corner of, of my house which belonged to one of my lodgers, And I asked if I could borrow it. So I drove to, um, the local reservoir, which has got a five mile road around the outside of it. And I rode around it. I could barely walk into town, which was 500 yards from my house. Mm-hmm. Um, I could barely get up the stairs without being out of breath, but I got on this road bike and I hadn't felt so free in such, wow, such that's amazing. Like, you know, I'm, I'm, I've got, I've got tears in my eyes Well, I'm filling up anyway, thinking about it now, because you know, that. That feeling, you know, I'd got the wind through my what hair I'd got at the time and I got round and I I sat in the car and I in the van and I was I was I was cooked by the time yeah. I got back. But at the same time it was just this element of freedom and, and escapism that and I still admit now I talk, you know, in articles and stuff that we do, you know, riding a bike for me is is still therapy, it's still escapism, it's still release, it's still all those things that that we all know it does for you, but for mm. me it, it just I think it just does it on a on a whole another level.
0: Um, There's another perspective that you're approaching it from. That's beautiful, man.
1: Yeah. Yeah, you know, and that's and that was how I then got back and got into riding and then I did then I went back and I did it again and it wasn't as hard as it was before and again and that was easier and went round twice and all of a sudden I felt like I did the first time I'd ridden around it. But yeah. I went back and did it twice again and it didn't feel as bad. And all of a sudden I'm thinking, well if I can do five miles then I can, if I can do round here twice, that's 10. Then that's the equivalent of riding to my mum's house. Maybe I can ride there and have a coffee or ride to the bike shop and have a coffee and ride back. And if I'm not good enough to ride back, you know, if you can ride 10 miles, you can ride 20, how you feel over that 20 and the speed that you ride at over that 20 is, is going to be different. But if you can ride 10, you can do 20. If you can do a hundred, you can do 200. You just got to be sensible about how you do it and the way that your body's going to react throughout that period. Um, and, and I did that, and then I, I wanted this challenge, and we came up with to, to cycle across America.
0: Amazing. So um, this, start, this, this was 2010.
1: Yeah, the idea was to start in L.A. Um, and then to finish in Miami. Mm-hmm. I'd celebrate my 30th birthday in Austin, Texas. Mm-hmm. Um, There's a, there a bike shop in Austin, Texas, um, yep. which, is, which, is, um, which is a great bike shop um the owner has a checkered history um but at the time we weren't aware of that checkered history
0: yeah.
1: and, I, and i and i wanted to spend um i wanted to spend my birthday there and I, yeah, and course. i got to do that um but it, i you know to just go from doing 10 miles around a, a local reservoir to to thinking about america
0: mm-hmm.
1: that was that challenge was huge but it was breaking that challenge down so i think my first my first goal was to do a 90 mile sportive to then be able to do I think the Dragon Rider did after that, um, and then I think I did John and Groats to Land's End, and then we flew to America. Um, I think, you, you know, if you, and the idea was to do America in 34 days, so it was gonna be sort of averaging 100 miles a day, but yeah. to focus on that training was was difficult, so I, I broke that down into to smaller chunks. Celebrating my 30th birthday in Austin, and then six days later got hit by a truck at 70 miles an hour from behind, just That's outside ridiculous. New Orleans. Yeah, so that
0: so that, that stopped your race.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, it stopped the it, it stopped the ride. I'm very careful to divide the two. That was a ride. That was um, of
0: course, yeah, sure. You
1: you know you know what we're doing now. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um, which will, which you we'll know, come to. We will do, yeah. But um, that was the ride. 120 feet down the road from point of impact to where I finished. Um, three um, broken al- ribs. Were you alone? No, I'd got another guy riding with me. um but the car that was following us had gone ahead to find accommodation for the night in new orleans gosh
0: um
1: and as i say 120 feet down the road three broken ribs smashed up elbow um a huge quantity of skin missing off my legs um Mm. and most of the skin missing off my hands
0: gosh and did Mm. the truck driver stop
1: yeah he did um he did um and He said one thing on that day and then he changed his statement the next day. Um, But, you know, it's... I I don't for one minute think he did it on purpose. I can almost... You know, if you spent a decent amount of time in America, you kind of... Particularly in kind of Louisiana and kind of some of the southern states, you know, um, you will notice that you've got these big, long roads. You've got these big, wallowing, great trucks. Mm. You know, um, and they hit 70 stick them on cruise control and you know it's only fraction of movement can be the difference between a small move and a, and a large move so i can't you know i don't sort of hold anything against the guy no. um spent three days in hospital fifteen thousand um, dollars and then and then came home but was very i was very driven on the fact that i wanted to finish what i'd started and so you, you did
0: and, you know, obviously this is just part of the escalating story, so you did mm. you did go back and finish.
1: I did. Well, I, I went back and did the whole thing again, because I kind of, um, I sat there saying I was going to go back to New Orleans and then ride from New Orleans to, to Miami. But I started to, um, I started to do a load more stuff with Macmillan, who I was actually raising money for at the time. Um, I wanted to raise £100,000 for Macmillan. Um, and uh, another charity called Copperfield. So there's going to be a split between the two. And the idea was that um, originally that I would go back. And then I started to meet all these people through Macmillan. I began to realize that it wasn't just the nurses that had looked after me, but it was this whole host of other people. It was millions of people out there that raise a couple of quid every now and again, or go off and do these challenges. And actually I went to, I went to France. I went out to my friend's wedding, um, in Mauritius, where I was best man, um, and then um, I came back from there, and I rode to I rode to the Alps to take part in something called the Alpine, the Alps Challenge. Mm. The Alps Challenge was three days, six Tour de France climbs, starting in Bonneville and finishing at the top of Alpe d'Huez for Macmillan. Um, And I decided that I'd ride to the Alps, so I rode from Calais. We drove through England, got into Calais, just outside Calais. I jumped on the bike wow. and then rode rode from Calais down to Bonneville. Um, and then I did the three days, but on the last day, I kind of realized these, this group of people that I'd been riding with. And there was, they were, there were people from just normal walks of life. You know, um, there was a chemist, there was a doctor, there was a, one guy in particular, 65 years old. He was the first out every morning and he was the last in every night. Mm. You know, he would not get in the van for, for toffee. You know, he rode in all sorts of conditions and he put himself through what many would regard as hell. Um, And to be able to achieve this goal of raising money for Macmillan, and I realized that actually it wasn't just the nurses that had looked after me. It wasn't just the people that had consulted with my mum and made sure that she had everything that she needed. Mm -hmm. It was this whole group of other people. And for me to just go back to New Orleans and then go from New Orleans to Miami, I still wouldn't have ridden across America. And it just wouldn't have. It wasn't doing any justice to them. It wasn't doing any justice to the people that had already donated to what we were doing. Um, so me and one mate driving an RV, who biggest car he'd ever driven before was a Mark II Golf, driving this forty-five <laughs> <Excellent>. foot RV. <laughs> Excellent. Um, we went from um, we went from LA over to Miami, but I did yeah. it in twenty twenty-four days with 24 no rest days. days. Wow. 140 145 miles a day
0: so you didn't stop it in uh, in austin
1: i stopped in austin for a coffee and then kept going yeah but i'd already i'd already had my birthday the year before in in austin so it wasn't um it wasn't I mean, quite as it's,
0: it's i mean going off topic a bit but it is worth talking about i mean obviously you're you're referencing mellow johnny's and mm. lance's place i mean yeah. look the guy has you know he obviously a, a, a significant influence in cycling good and bad yeah but we can't take a side from the fact that he is a cancer survivor I think
1: I mean, can, um, can
0: you can you can you talk on your feelings on that I mean I know this is going off topic I, I, but it's worth I, having no, no it.
1: it's, it's it's fine because I, I've been you know I've, I've followed the whole thing and um it doesn't mean you know Brad Brad got pulled over the coals for referring to him as, as an inspiration in his last book, Icons. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you see all this stuff online and the comments on Facebook and Instagram and everything else. But in some respects, and, and trying, to, trying to choose the wording carefully, but unless you've been laying in a hospital bed, yeah. staring down a very, very dark tunnel, yeah and there really isn't a very big light at the end of it Mm. and you've got this guy who goes on to achieve all of these things off the back of where he was Mm. until you've been in that position you're not really in a position to comment on where he comes from and what and what he's been through Mm. you know um i would like in some respects you know in some conversations i'd like to say i don't like the guy in other conversations i'd like to say i love the guy um, I some days, some days, I'd like to be able to go on to onto, onto a show with him. I'd like to be able to ride with him, um, and that's not because of that's not necessarily because of how many Tour de Francies he did or didn't win. That's because this guy came back from the brink of yeah. of, of nothing, yeah. and I've been there.
0: L- literally nothing.
1: Literally, you yeah. know, I, I've, I you know, I've been there. Yeah. I've I've stood on the edge of that cliff and mm. stared over the side of it and believe mm. me, it's a long way down. Mm. So to to pull yourself back from that, and you know and when you hear him kind of you, you can almost in some respects I can almost resonate with some of the things that he would come out with, you know, that you must win at all costs. Mm. And that's what cancer does to you. That's not yeah. what what you do to yourself. That's because you, everybody, you know, and I, I constantly talk about the fact I don't see that I've achieved anything that anybody else is incapable of achieving. Yes. And I don't, you know, we'll, we'll come on to the other bits, but I kind of see where I am now has happened by accident. It wasn't an intention. It wasn't a plan. We didn't lay in, in hospital and come up with this grandmaster plan of the things we were going to go on and do. But I clawed myself back from where I was. And I got to a certain point and I went again and I said, I'm going to ride across America and I got hit by a truck, but I said, no, I'm going to ride across America. Mm. And I went back and I did it again. Um, We did another event, which we didn't achieve the goal on. So I took a step back and formed a new team and got a bit more fixated with it and went on and achieved it, you know, and yet again, we're at the point of where I've been working very, very hard on a goal, this time, and not any fault of mine or anybody else's, but it's been taken away, um, and we're taking a step back, and now we're going to go again. You know, and we've all got that in us, but we, yeah. we have this kind of – we live in a very throwaway mentality now. You know, If your phone doesn't work, you get a new one. If your car's not working, you buy a new one. If your relationship's not what you think it should be, well, hey, right, you know, why well, work at it? I'll just get a new one. Mm. You know, and, we, and we do that with pretty much everything. Mm-hmm. so you know and that i i just i relate to i really do relate to some of the things that that he says, and that's not you know i've not got a poster of him in in my bedroom above the bed mm-hmm. or anything but yeah. i i i get it i really do no, get i mean
0: it. I, and, I i'm i'm i mean i'm glad that we've kind of gone on to or we you know we kind of digressed a little bit because i think yeah i mean with you know cycling or no cycling, his story is uh, one of yeah as you say facing the brink of nothing and um yeah i think it's something that should like you should be should be shared you know more um and that's got nothing to do with cycling or the pro peloton uh, that's just humanity
1: i think you know you could you can argue that cycling probably wouldn't be where it was now if it wasn't
0: for him hey look i mean i've i've said it in the past i mean one of the reasons why i've got really into cycling as i did ooh, 15 16 plus years ago was because of him because of his book yeah, yeah yeah and um yeah i'm grateful for that
1: Can't you complain. know and i think you, you you know you can you can look back at all sorts of things and 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 kind of you know why why remove him i mean yes he he cheated yes he pulled certain people over the coals and destroyed certain people's lives oh yeah
0: he was horrible um,
1: yeah we are we saying that other other mm. pro riders you know we we look at the badger and what he did to Lamont, you know yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know and so, it's romanticized it, it, a bit do you know what i mean and it kind of we we talk about all these different people and we we shine them in a different light mm. you know um lance was an inspiration to me and uh, there's a picture of me somewhere Looking very, very skinny, having just shaved my head, about to start chemotherapy, and I've got a copy of his book in my hand. Yeah, really. Um, you know, I mean, that's, and,
0: and I remember that. when he, when, when this, I think it was, it was back in 2012 when everything sort of came to light and he admitted to everything, and and he, it was when he was still involved with LiveStrong, and he said, um, you know, today's been a bad day, but I've had worse. And he wasn't saying that to diminish it. He was saying that because, you know, he's a survivor. He's a cancer survivor. Mm. And, um, you know, that obviously compelled him to do, you know, some amazing things. And, yes, okay, other things that were really nasty, which we won't digress on. But as a, you know, like yourself, facing the brink, I think um, it can and should have the power to inspire and influence people. And I think what you're doing and has is exactly that. Um, so getting back to your journey... Yes. So you completed it in 24 days? Yes. The, across America? Which was,
1: yeah, which was 10 days quicker than originally planned. Right. Um, and then um, I came back from there. Um, I went and did a ride then across Mexico with Macmillan, um, coast to coast. Um, then I went off to, that was when I then, shortly after that, I then got introduced to the Hot Chili Guys um, and got introduced to, to Sven. Um, and I actually went out to Mallorca to, to meet with Sven and Stephen Roach and, and do a few bits over there. And then, um, and then, and then, but then I was riding in the Alps, but before I went to the Alps, um, I went for my normal kind of checkup and, and run through blood scans and all that kind of stuff. Uh, did seven days riding with, with a load of friends riding and swimming, um, over in Annecy, um. And I came back from there and on the Monday morning, I got a phone call from my surgeon um, asking me to go back in and have another chat with him because he'd found another tumor. So um, it was another tumor which he believed to be the same type, but this time it was a lot smaller. So it was the size of a ping pong ball. Um, mm. rather than being the size of a massive grapefruit. Mm. Uh, and it was on the other side, it was on the opposite side to where my, my first one had been. Um, so I went back in and had some bloods and x-ray and that kind of stuff. And, um, still went and did the great north swim, still did the, um, London great S- London swim. Um, I still did the hot Chilli London to Paris over three days. Mm. We, we really struggled to find a surgeon that would do the operation. Um, so I just carried a carried on as normal really so I can, actually
0: Can you put into words because you had been through that 3 years prior Yeah were you facing it with a more of a sense of hope and optimism or and belief that you would get through it or was were you hit back to square one again
1: No um, I it was it was um, I wasn't back at square one again at all I hope and optimism is probably um, a little bit on the, um, it's probably not the right terminology, but sure. um, probably a level of mixture of confidence, arrogance, belief, mm-hmm. kind of, you know, when I got hit by a truck and I'm laying by the side of the road next to a fire ant's nest and able to pick my own self my, myself up, I, I say to people now, I knew at that point that I was going to be okay because I'd been worse. Yes. You know, um, I was still fully bodied the way I was I was still able to 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 move and talk and even when I got diagnosed with the second time um, I had confidence in my surgeon and everybody that I'd worked with previously Mm -hmm. Um, but at the same time I was fittest I'd ever been Um, I'd already been through far worse um, and I believed we'd caught it early enough to be able to deal with it Mm -hmm. Um, and you know there is there's, there's various, as we move on, that, you know, there is an element of me kind of running from the situation in certain things. And it was almost, I think, in some respects, and it sounds slightly, um, slightly strange to say, but there is an element of, I'm back in the system. Yeah. You know, you'd gone through, I'd gone through being ill to recovering, to focusing on America, to, um, having all of this stuff going on, this chat about what I'd been through, what I was doing, newspaper articles, um, rides I was doing, money that I was raising to riding across America. We found out that Louise was pregnant whilst I was on my way across America, but I didn't really deal with that as well as I could have done because I, I was told I'd never be able to have children. So I'd put this whole thing out of my head. So to then get my head around the fact of having children, um to doing the Macmillan ride to doing this other stuff to then kind of going well what do i do where am i going now what what does my life look like to mm. well you've got cancer again is kind of in some respects it was a little bit an element of relief and that that you it's difficult to That's it's difficult to put that it's difficult to put that into context mm. um that that feeling but um you know
0: so relief from a sense of it's familiar, release from a sense of when
1: you of- when you come out of the situation that I was in, every every pain niggle every cough splutter you know i I saw a post the other day that whenever you get a bit of an an itchy throat at the moment do you think have i got coronavirus Mm. um you know you kind of and and that's that's very much like what it's it's like coming out the other side of that cancer diagnosis you you then worry you you then worry about everything that's going on Mm. so to then all of a sudden be back in the system and be under that intense care again you Mm. you know that if anything is going wrong that it's going to be brought up Mm. but at the same time i'm thinking We've, the first tumour was the size of a grapefruit. I mm. survived that. Mm. Um, and this one is the size of a ping pong ball. Mm. And they found it early. Mm. You know, it, it's only, it couldn't have been any more than three months old because I'd had a scan three months prior to that. The difficulty then came trying to find a surgeon that would do the operation.
0: Right. Because there was we, existing scar tissue and, and complications or?
1: Yeah. Um, because, of, um, because of the amount of scar tissue that, I've, that I have, um they didn't know whether my bowel um had adhered to the wall of my cavity okay. and then every basically they didn't know whether it was all glued to, in my internals were all glued together because of the amount of times i'd been opened up yeah sure um wow. and we went through this whole conversation i remember going and, and seeing um Cockleberg was his was his name, and he was based in Leicester. So it wasn't my my original surgeon, mm. um, but I remember seeing him and him saying, "James, this could go really easily. Um, this could be that you're in for a few days. We managed to do keyhole, um, and that it's that it's piece of cake. You could be intensive care for two weeks. Um, you could be off the bike, not swimming for another four to six months, mm. um, and there could be problems with you." ever being able to um, do the things that you enjoy doing as a man with your wife. (laughs) Um, (laughs) You know, there there was this whole long list of potential, the the, the list was far greater on potential problems that could come from this. To the point that when I first went to see him, he said, I don't want to do it. Mm -hmm. I don't want to do it. There has to be another way that we can find out what we need to, rather than going down this operation route. And Mm -hmm. I left. A couple of days later, he came back to me and said, I've spoken to, to Andy, who was my consultant, um, and there are no other options. We, yeah. we, have to, we have to do this surgery. Okay. So we need to get you in. And they booked me in for the 12th of September. So yeah. in between... And being I di-
0: 2011.
1: That was 2011. Yeah. But even in the build-up to that, I still did the London's Paris with Hot Chili Guys. the okay. I did the... Out- I, did the uh, I rode from... I rode from the set of Emmerdale to the set of EastEnders over 24 hours with, um, with a load of the cast from Emmerdale. Ben Swift did some of that with us as well. And so um, this is
0: all raising money for Macmillan?
1: Macmillan, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: How, so to, just out of context, how much had you raised? Do you know how much you'd raised to this point? Uh, about,
1: 150, two- about 150 grand.
0: Yeah, wow, amazing.
1: Brilliant. Up to that point. Um, yeah. And then um, we went out to do the Alpine Challenge with Hot Chili as well. Um, so we did Thursday, Friday, Saturday, I flew home on the Sunday and then I went in to have the tumor removed on the Monday morning.
0: Bloody hell. Wow. Remarkable.
1: Um, um spent so two you, days in hospital,
0: two days in hospital, you had surgery, uh, mm. and then, uh, w- so what was that recovery process like? When were you given your all clear?
1: Uh, oh, not for a long time because when I came, when I came out of surgery, so I had the surgery on the 12th. Freddie was born on the 24th of September. Mm. Um, my gosh. Yeah. Freddie was born on the 24th. I started chemo two weeks after that. Then Mm. I started radiotherapy two weeks after that. And I did, I think I did two months of radiotherapy. Um, so I didn't get the all clear from that until around May the following Mm. year. Um, because there was various tests and scans and everything else. And they'd actually removed the tumor this time. So they hadn't, it wasn't a case of waiting for that tumor to shrink and seeing what happened. They actually physically removed that tumor. Um, But then that, that recovery was hard because even being able to, to ride, but I, I focused on different things and I'd kind of, I then had this idea of riding around the world. Um, And then I fell in love with my little boy and realized that that probably wasn't going to be such a, such a good move. Yeah. So we, so we decided to go for the, uh, for the seven day world record. That was the, the next plan.
0: So that, so, so that's really, you know, from my standpoint, uh, you know, when I kind of really sort of took understanding of what it is that, you know, the, some of the achievements that you've done on the bike, um, So was it around this, that point through recovery that you said, right, I'm going to dedicate myself now to these challenges, to raising money and to raising awareness? was it, was it, was there a defining moment when you said this is going to be what I'm going to do or or is it more of a process?
1: I think it was, I think there was a, um, there was a little bit of a, there was a, there was a thought pattern that that was what I wanted to do, but how was it going to happen? How, How do you, how do you make that work? Um, and, um, I enjoy doing speaking engagements. I really enjoy that. And at this point in time, um, even whilst I was going through, um, whilst I was going through chemotherapy, um, I'd actually started doing some stuff with a charity called UK youth at that point. Um, and I was working with UK youth. I'd actually done some stuff with being Q. So I'd got being Q inspired as I, I'm a bit, still a bit twitchy about the word inspirational. Um, but the idea was that I'd, I'd done a couple of speaking sessions at B&Q and we'd got 350 people signed up to take part in the London Triathlon, all raising mm. money for um, for UK youth. Mm. So um, things were starting to develop a little bit in terms of me then starting to branch, not away from Macmillan, but being able to use what I'd learned um, to engage with other people, to encourage them to understand what they're capable of. And as yes. I said earlier on, I, I believe everybody's capable of achieving anything that they want to. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't see that I've necessarily achieved anything um, that somebody else couldn't go on to do if they wanted to. Yes. Um, I was put in a situation of where I, I had to fight and I had to fight hard. And that was, that was what I did. Um, so we, as I say, we, we forget what we've actually achieved to get to where we are today um, and I don't mean monetary items, I don't mean physical things, I mean just what we've actually done mm. um, to get to where we are. And kind of sometimes just opening that door makes people kind of go actually. So we gave people the option to be able to do it either as an individual or to be able to do it as a team of three. The idea really being as a team of three kind of working together um, to be able to achieve this one big common goal. Um, and, and then that I was the doing, London triathlon? That was the London triathlon, mm. yeah. Um, and then I did some stuff with uh, with Microsoft, I did some stuff with Starbucks um, I did some stuff with Macquarie Bank um, and this was all kind of this this was all fundraising stuff that I was doing. Some of it was for my charities um, and some of it was for for their own um, and i I set my focus on um, being able to I enjoyed the speaking I enjoyed the engaging with people, and we needed to find some way that i that I could use for recovery personally, I needed something to focus on. And I didn't really know what that was. And the the seven day world record was something that I was asked to do um, by somebody that was gonna sponsor us to go around the world. Um, But they said, look, we think we should probably do the seven day first, um, because that really gives us an insight to um, what you're actually capable of and how you'll work and how you'll develop it. And if you can go and do that, then we can look at how we then move on to this. So the seven-day world
0: record. So that is the total amount of miles or kilometres cycled in, in twenty-four hours of seven days.
1: Yes. So yeah. if you start at six o'clock on a Monday morning, mm. you have until five fifty-nine mm. the next Monday morning
0: gotcha. to
1: be able to achieve that. Um, and so, and what this was, was the record? Um, at the time, it was uh, at the time it was about fifteen hundred miles. Okay. Um, It was kind of, it was one of the records that was kind of flying under the radar a little bit, really. Um, But it was around 1,500 miles. And the idea was I was going to do it at the end of 2013. Mm -hmm. um, But various things happened that we then had to move that to 2014. Um, We didn't achieve the record. Um, Things I really still wasn't, I really still wasn't mentally in a very good place. Mm -hmm. Um, I'd got various different things going on i didn't prepare for it quite as well as i should have done i was probably a bit cocky um i'd put a crew together very very quickly um and uh, it was in some respects we had quite a long time to organize it but it was all still quite rushed mm-hmm. and that was just because of various other things that had happened of Um, Still going for scans, still working with these other companies to originally having people that were helping us plan it through a company that we're involved with to to then not being involved with that company Um, and then having to go, right, Okay, so we're not going to do it in November. Well, why don't we do it in April? Because that's that's um, an anniversary to I think it was three years to the day of me coming out of hospital um, was was the idea. Um, So. We, we went and did it, and I achieved, you know, I did 1,100 miles in, in four days. Mm, um, but then my, my knee gave up on, yeah. on day four. Okay. Um, and it was actually the crew that stopped the ride. Sure. Um, they, they pulled me off the bike and went, Ah, uh-uh, you're not. Right. We're, not doing, we're not doing this now. This is it. Mm. Game over. Mm. And we, we stopped. Um, and I think that was probably, little did I know, but that was the start of the darkest two years of my life. Okay. that um, was that was that was the start of of a very very unpleasant and and dark point
0: are you happy to go into that a bit
1: yeah yeah well, i, I mean, wouldn't say happy not say happy but you no. know <laughs> um, it's you know it's it's part of it and, i and mean i know something... you and
0: i have, have spoken about this you know privately and you know when we've been riding bikes together but um if you're happy to share uh i suppose it's just part of that journey of leading up to what you're what you're doing now
1: yeah, I just—I I didn't see it at the time, but I really kind of, looking back at it, I'd kind of really lost, I was no longer working with certain companies, um, the ones that I've mentioned. Um, I was doing some consultancy stuff for a couple of charities, but I got to the point really of where I wasn't riding, I'd got no goal or focus that, that I was working towards. Um, there was a real struggle at certain points of where money was coming from. Um, And I think the the best analogy really is that I got to the point of where I was putting a square peg peg in a round hole. Um, You know, there was one charity in particular that I I was was contracted for two days a week. I was giving them three days a week, um, and there were conversations about why I wasn't in the office when I was in London, meant to be doing stuff for them, but they're ringing me on day four day five and you know it was it was turning into five days and um Mm. it it was turning into five days it was turning into six days a week and and it was and I I was really not good I was putting on weight things weren't feeling great at home um we were going through some pretty turbulent times I was still not sleeping I still have nightmares now um I don't know that that I have them. I just wake up in the morning and find I've probably got changed two or three times in the middle of the night without no, really, really, really even knowing it. Um, and, um, I just, I went through not wanting to get up to not wanting to train to, I, I went and did, I, I then in 2015, I then did, um, I then did the whole route. Mm. So I've done, a, I've done a few but um, I'd done two back in 2013, so I'd done the Alps and the Pyrenees, and they invited me back in um, in 2015 to do the Triple Crown. Which, so this was a year
0: um, after your seven days.
1: Yeah, so I'd obviously got—I damaged my knee whilst we were doing the seven day, which was why the crew had stopped it. So I, I wasn't really riding at all because we were trying to work through that with the chiropractor. Um, and then Ben, who was head of press at, at, at the um, at the whole route at the time, he I caught up with him, and he said, "Well, how do you fancy coming back and doing the, the triple crown mm. in 2015?" And it was going to be around August time, and I was like, "Yep, I'll do that." Mm. And it was just, it was a no-brainer. It was just like, "Yeah, fine, whatever." Um, but training for that was really hard because of my knee. I wasn't able, still wasn't able to train properly. Sure. So we were still going through this whole kind of yo in with the physio of where the problem, the problem actually wasn't my knee, my problem was my lower back. Um, so we were kind of working through this. And, and again, part of the problem that I have is, the, is my scar tissue. Mm-hmm. So if I, if I train and I keep consistent with what I'm doing, I'm fine. But the minute I stop training or stop doing the exercises or my exercises, um, what can often happen is my scar tissue can become really tight. And when that scar tissue kicks off, it pulls me in all sorts of different positions. Mm. So quite often, if I'm not riding, and then I start riding, I might as well ride with a full toolkit because I'm moving my saddle every 30 seconds. Yeah,
0: because sure.
1: Because it just doesn't—it just doesn't feel right. You, yeah. you just—it just doesn't work. Mm. Um, and this was kind of going on at that time, and then all of a sudden, it's January, it's February, it's March, and I'm kind of going. I've got three weeks through, so. For, 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 anybody that doesn't know the whole route is the triple crown was seven days in the Pyrenees, um, seven days in the Alps, and then seven days in the Dolomites. And there's a lot of climbing, a a huge amount of climbing. (laughs) Probably about Um, two and a half each day. Yeah. Um, And most people would do one week. Um, Mm. You'd have a day in between each, each one. So I would then go, I then decided that I would do all three back to back with one day in between. So Pyrenees, drive to the Alps, do the Alps, stay in Geneva, um, and then do um, and then do a week down into Venice, um, and then you'll come out of Venice and drive home, and and that was that was the idea. But I, as I say, March still not training, April still not training, May um, I'm starting to pick things up a little bit, but I'm now consulting for um, two charities and a bike yeah. shop, doing some stuff with them around engagement, and I uh, just. I was putting a square peg in a round hole and I came back from the Holt route and people would say what's hard about the Holt route and I'd say getting home. Yeah. That's that's the difficult thing because homes developed this support network and survival mechanism to get through you not being there mm. and you come back expecting everything to be normal and, hi, have you all missed me? Well, no, not really because we've just been having to get on with it and mm. now you're back. and. Mm. And that was that was kind of where it was. And then I got the opportunity to go back and do it again. But the following year, um, and it was after I came back from, when I came back from 2015, um, and it might sound a bit strange, but um, I've got Asian Bengals um, cats. And uh, my first Asian Bengal, Asher. he died just after I'd come back from the 2015 Holt route, um, but he died of cancer. Mm. Um, and that just that that destroyed me, really yeah. destroyed me. Um, and that was the start of a bumpy patch between me and Lou that that lasted about a year. Um, and it wasn't until I came back from the 2016 Holt route that she said to me that Freddie had drawn a picture. Um, and this picture was of the whole family. And the only person that wasn't smiling on the picture was Daddy. Yeah,
0: wow.
1: Um, and it was that that I realized that, that things were... I mean, there's other stuff we could talk about in there, but I'm I'm just not quite ready to, yeah, to talk about certain bits um, mm. in there. But but in essence, it was it was horrible. And we sat down towards the end of the so September, so towards Christmas, um, it kind of got to the point of where Louise was kind of like, I can't do this mm. if if this is how it's going to be, and if this is how Freddie is going to perceive his life, um, I can't do it. And and that's that has to change, and it was at that point that I got the help that I should have got yeah. years ago. But so, so when, I was you, when,
0: you say, when you say the help that you should have got, were you, you talking about counseling? You're talking about yeah. therapy?
1: Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I I I got some therapy. Mm-hmm. Um, I also met her with a guy called Tim Smale, who's a um, hypnotist. Um, and we we talked, and I talked to different people, and I also kind of looked at the point in time where Louise and I had been happiest and that was where, where we'd got some goals, um, where she was very driven in what she was doing and I was able to be driven in, in what I was doing. Mm. And I sort of said to her, look, you know, I, I'd ridden with lots of people, um, many times and, you know, some really good pro riders, particularly, you know, some of the guys that come in the, the, the cafe quite regularly. Um, and they'd be saying, you know, golden, you're an engine. You've just got, you come to life after like five or six hours where everybody else is dropping off and mm-hmm. you're on the front and you'd go in, you just go in. Um, and I'd always been attracted to race across America. And I said to Louise at the end of 2016, I said, you know, I, the time we were happiest was when I was doing more speaking engagements. We were really working on that. Um, I was I'd got sponsors who were supporting what we were doing. We'd got a goal. We'd got a mission that we were trying to achieve. Um, And I can't, I just can't get to a point in time of where I look back and wonder how well I could have done at race across America. So how about we spend the next couple of years really kind of seeing what is achievable. And Mm. if I can't achieve it, if I can't achieve our goals on it, then, um, I'll go back plastering if that's what I need to do really. Um, But I can't, I just can't go through all of this and have done everything that I've done to to walk away without knowing about it.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, And, but first, before I even think about race across America, we've got to, we've got to do the seven day records.
0: Mm.
1: And that was when I I kind of then started to put that crew together to, to, to have another crack at the seven day.
0: I mean, I suppose I, I mean, firstly, thank you for kind of, you know, sharing that. And it's certainly something that, that I know will resonate with a lot of our listeners. And I know it's something that certainly resonates with with myself. You know, there's a, you know, it's all too common for people and individuals to face uh, a void in their life. And that feeling of, you know, square peg, round hole, as you as you say, is, um, I think, it's all too common and sadly not spoken about enough. Mm. Um, and I know it's certainly that I have gone through in my life and and you know I, I continue to to get therapy and it's great to kind of see that's part of your journey because even though obviously the cancer side of things what you 're doing is is something that not as many people can directly relate to, but the fact that you've chosen to use that as your purpose to inspire others and then whilst on that journey you've gone actually hang on a minute what is my purpose Mm. uh, is 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 incredibly inspiring mate and i'm 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 grateful to obviously call you a friend but very grateful here that you're able to share that and i hope that people listening just kind of take that on board
1: it's you know um if if my if i can help other people then then that's perfect for me i didn't i didn't set out to as i say to be kind of doing some of the things i'm doing i set out yeah. to create change in other people's lives um i think the i've become the div- i think one of the differences about now certainly post 2016 i'm not angry anymore mm. you know i was i was i was ang there's, there's still a little bit of it there you know when it, when yeah, it yeah. needs when it needs to be yeah, yeah. but i'm not i'm not angry with it yeah. You know, cancer, cancer um, put in the right context and we've we've had this conversation, but cancer was one of the best things that ever happened
0: to yeah, me. Yeah, absolutely.
1: And it, and it was one of the best things that happened to me because of the people that it's allowed me to be involved with. It's allowed me to stop living the lie that I did for 10 years about being who I thought I needed to be to be able to succeed in life and who I thought I needed to be for hopefully people to like me rather than actually just being true to who I was and doing what, what I wanted to do and be who I wanted to be. Um, but 2016 after that, you know, I, I became, I think I became more calculated. I became more, um, I became calmer about the things that I wanted to achieve and more methodical about them rather than just going bull in a China shop, mm. um, kind of style of stuff. Um, and realized that actually, you know, if you really, if you, if you do put out there what you want to achieve and you talk to people, you you will attract people that see the achievability of what you're doing, that see the good in you, um, mm. that share the similar interests. Mm. Um, you know, I was talking to a guy the other day and he's, he's, a, he's a big drinker. Um, he wants to break away from that. Um, but he really doesn't know how to because that's what he knows. That's what he does. Um, he used to really enjoy running, and I'm like, well, go running then. Mm. Um, and he's like, well, it's not that simple. I'm like, well, it, it's not that simple, but it kind of is. You, you know, if you if you start to go running – um, and then join a running club. You will mm. then start to be surrounded by people who Absolutely. have an, an interest to you and what you're doing. And actually, if you tell them what your goals are, you'll probably find that they'll help you achieve your goals. Mm. You know. And I'm I'm quite honoured really that um, I now have um, a support crew that come on certain events and things with me, which you know arguably are, are one of the best that you could that you could want to get. And they they do it because. They see what we're trying to achieve. They mm. see, you know, they don't get paid for what they do. Mm. They, mm. they come on board because they want to be part of, of what we're doing.
0: Yeah, but that's, um, that's beautiful, though, and I think that's the way it should be because they're not doing it for any kudos or doing it for any sort of page that they're doing it because they, there's a part of them that says they have to. You know, they are compelled to do yeah. it. It's a passion of theirs, and they, they, they find a self-fulfillment in that, and that is, I mean, what a privilege. So let's talk about that team. I mean,
1: don't, don't, get, don't get me wrong. I mean, at the moment the funding and sponsorship that we're trying to put together for the other stuff that we're now doing, a big chunk of that funding is so I can turn around and pay them. Of because, of, because of the time that they've put in and, and the dedication they've given to me, I feel that it's time for, for them to have more back for what they've done.
0: I mean, obviously, I know, I know some of your team. and they Unfortunately, don't, unfortunately yeah. you've met most <laughs> of them. Yeah, yeah, You know, they, <laughs> they don't, um, you know, it's in them. They're not yeah. doing it because, you know, they, they get paid, you know, that's, that's a, a very welcome bonus and, and a very welcome thanks, I guess, but they're doing it cause they, they, they are very proud to be a part of it. And I think that transcends whatever goals and whatever obstacles, you know, you guys come across. Yeah. Um, so you started putting together this team in 2017 ahead of the seven day world record. Mm. So which you yeah. went for and you did. Yes. So how many Uh, miles did you do?
1: 1,766.2 miles. Um,
0: 1,766.2 miles in seven days.
1: Yeah. Believe me, that 0.2 at three o'clock in the morning is a long way (laughs) after (laughs) a day of 260 miles. So it's like it's the average. The average was about 250 a day, um, which is roughly um, London to Paris every day for a week
0: gosh and so uh, obviously a big part of this was the team that you put together so so how did you let's talk about the the team and how how did you meet them and and um the team was was quite um
1: the team wasn't necessarily the team in the same function that it is at the moment but all those components were there sure so um 2015 um dean downing is a a massive part of the team um and very good friend Mm. um coach um road manager um none of the above um because he's 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 a mate he's he's, you know, dean, we, yeah. he's dean you know um but um, I, I actually so,
0: rode london to paris with him in 15
1: okay yeah, so dean team. um dean had a bad accident in 2015 uh, mm-hmm. to in so it would have been after the london to paris so it would yeah, have been was, yeah. uh, around august september um, I was on the Holt route and I found out that he'd had this bad accident now I'd met Dean a couple of times before on some hot chilli stuff we'd we'd ridden up the Semnos together on the Alpine Challenge and um, a couple of other bits because he'd, he'd been there a few days before as I had um, and we just kind of sort of kept in touch we weren't we weren't sort of mates at the time but we just sort of kept in touch with each other every now and again and I rang him to just say how are you you know how are you feeling where's your head at that kind of stuff and And I said to him then, I said, look, next, you know, get through this and you can come do the whole route with me next year. I'll speak to the guys and come and do it. And he was like, yeah, yeah, whatever. And I was like, no, no, seriously, let's, you know, put it down as a goal. This is, you can recover from this. Mm -hmm. You'll be fine. Um, You know, you'll be fine not being flippant about it. He's just been hit by a car and smashed his leg up. But, Mm -hmm. um, And then he came and did, uh, he did the Pyrenees with us um, on the whole route. And it was just shortly after that, we'd kind of talk and I said, look, I'm going to go for the seven day world record again. Would you come and help me on it? Mm -hmm. Um, and I, to the beginning of 2016, I, uh, sorry, 2017, I gave up all of my consultancy roles. Um, they were just becoming more of a burden. Mm -hmm. Um, I saved, sold everything that I could possibly sell, banked it. Um, and, um, on June, um, We'd got 500 quid, we put some stickers on my wife's car, and Dean followed me for seven days. Um, we'd got Jules Diamond doing photography. Mm. Mark Sinclair came up and did a couple of days. Um, Mark Sinclair is um, works over at Calas, but I've known Mark since 2010. He's Freddie's mm. godfather, he was best man at my wedding, and I was best man at his last mm. year. Um, so he came up and, and sat in the car for a few days, um we'd got uh charlie ward who is massage therapist who i'd I'd worked with independently for a little while um and so he kind of looked after me one or two days but the the seven day world record was mainly me and dean Mm. um and and jules um and then a couple of guys local would would come and ride with me on their way home from work so you did
0: this out of your house didn't you
1: yeah um so (laughs) basically um basically on the, the the it was it was a case of wanting to be able to achieve the seven day that I needed to to tick that box. Sounds, um, a little bit harsh towards it, but I I needed to tick that box. Um, and the idea was my, my wife and little boy went and stayed at my mum's, Um, and we Dean stayed in the spare room and we left from my house every morning and we came back to my house every night. Mm. So I literally just went down the road Um, and rode on all of the local roads that I'd been out on riding every day um, or every day every weekend the kind of the 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 first time we did it it was was probably overcomplicated. doing a point to point is is great but there's a lot of logistics involved in that and when you then go to the point of having no sponsorship no support no budget I I didn't want to shout too much about what we were doing I didn't want to talk about kind of right we're going to go and do the seven day world record because I didn't want to I didn't want to do that and then not achieve it. Um, And there'd be this kind of, well, that's the second time you've not achieved it. And I also didn't want to spend so much time talking about what we were doing rather than spending that time actually going and doing it. Um, So I just, the idea of doing it from home worked. I knew where Leisure Lake's bike shop is. I know where there's a cafe. I know where there's a petrol station. I know if the wind's coming across that direction, I know how we can get through the back lanes to Mm. get further up and and almost round the back of it. Or if it's coming from, you know, if it's, um, there was one day in particular, we'd got this really heavy wind coming through. um, And I I said to Dean that best thing for us to do is use the back lanes to go all the way up to a place called Cannons Ashby. And then effectively we'll have a tailwind right the way down to Banbury, Mm. um, which is 25, 30 miles away um so we can use that and by the time we get down there i know how we can get back up through the back lanes where it's quite protected and mm-hmm. if the winds change direction it'll be getting you, you kind of develop a little bit of a a, a sixth sense of of the weather yeah. whilst you're in it for that period of time
0: because you know it so, so well
1: yeah you, you you kind of but you also know that um even if it's windy now we're going to get to a certain time of, of the evening where the sun's starting to go down and we're changing where we are in the whole big sphere of it. And actually, the wind's going to die down a little bit and we'll get that nice calm. So as long as we can bank enough miles between now and then, then we've got another few hours of twilight to to be able to do that. So you, as I say, you, you, that's where the cafe is. That's where the buy shop is. We've got massage therapist there. We've got chiropractor there. I know where there's food if I need it. So yeah, we left from my house and just rode for as many hours as I could. The first three days, we actually came back mid-afternoon um, to be able to have a shower and to be able to have a sleep because it was so hot. Mm-hmm. Um, it was that period of time of where we'd got the three hottest days on record. Oh, um, so, you know, we'd gone from two weeks before it was absolutely lashing it down and we're saying to people, weather permitting, we're going to go for the seven-day world record, to then going, oh, it's looking quite nice, it's looking quite warm. So I remember Dean sending a message going, does the car have air Um, because because the temperature was looking like it was going to go again and it and it did um and then it was so then it was hot then it was windy and then it kind of settled down a little bit and we managed to bank the miles we towards the end of the week that we didn't at the beginning but yes we we achieved the record
0: so you added 270 some odd miles onto it
1: uh yeah it was about it was i added it onto that original record now um so the original record when we first went for it in, in 20, uh, in 2013, 2014 mm. was that, but Bruce Berkeley went for it in the meantime. Ah,
0: Bruce. Okay.
1: So, so Bruce Berkeley went for it in the meantime. Um, I, in the end, I only, I only actually put, I think seven miles, seven, eight miles okay, on, 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 Bruce's record. Gotcha. Um, but that was because of the conditions that was because mm. of the, the, the change <laughs> of, of of you know the heat that we'd got to deal with to the wind that we'd got to deal with to um just going okay let's just keep going let's just keep going let's just keep going but then then what we did was we sat down afterwards and we went there's more miles in this yes yeah. you know you, you kind of as with everything we do in life once you do something you kind I mean- of look at it
0: that's it. You know, you've you know, you've kind of done what some people would say is impossible, and you've gone. No, we can do more. We can squeeze more out. I mean, that's 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 just uh, human human drive, isn't it?
1: Yeah, I think there's I think there's three thousand five hundred kilometres in a week.
0: Jeez. I right, see. I don't. <laughs> maybe maybe in in your week mate but not my
1: week (laughs) i i I think there's 500 i think there's three thousand five hundred k's in a week i do i do think that's i do think that's there
0: i mean it's remarkable mate and and given the context of of everything else i just it's it's incredibly inspirational so what your what your goal has been since then is um race across america
1: yes and, and the seven-day was a massive turning point for that. Yeah. I was going to mention this earlier on, but when we're talking about the, the kind of working within in, in companies, something that I've come up against since being ill, whenever I've talked to sponsors or people about challenges that we want to do, mm. um, they always say, so what have you done? And you go, okay. well, I've survived oh, cancer twice. Survived cancer wow. twice. <laughs> um, i've raised this much money for for charity i've learned to walk i've done this ride i've done that ride. yeah yeah but what have you you know what have you what have you done and you go <laughs> uh i've done quite a lot and they go oh right okay and then you say i've got a world record And they go oh okay really um okay so what's that in and you say, and all of a sudden they're interested You know, okay. so you've gone from, you know, and all of a sudden we've got an article in the Daily Express, you know, from from deathbed to distance record, you know, and and that was where it then went. And then it was a case of, right, I want to do Race Across America. So sit down with Dean and sit down with Charlie, sit down with Lee. Um, We had jewels on in in that conversation as well. Um, But it was well, I say sit down with them. It was more kind of chatting to them individually, but it was kind of, okay. we've done this. Um, now this is what I want to go and do. This is now my goal. Um, and it's race across America and to get to race across America, I think we should do X, Y, Z, race across the West last year. Um, and then that will take us into race across America. What do you think?
0: So for listeners who, who don't know, um, what is, what is race across America?
1: So race across America is the world's toughest bike race. Um, It runs from Oceanside, California, which is kind of sandwiched in between. It's just north of Carlsbad, which Mm. um, is just north of um, San Diego. Mm. Um, And um, it's just south of L.A. Um, So it runs from there. Um, It goes up towards the Rockies, uh, Durango, Colorado, Wolf Creek Pass. um, And then it drops down through Kansas, um, through the the northern states um over towards uh, annapolis maryland mm. it's 3100 circa ish miles um, 3100 and, miles yes um and that needs to be achieved in anything from 8 to 12 days i think is the cut off um, and i want to be able to achieve it in between eight and nine days
0: so you're going from the bottom left of yep. America through up to the top right. Yes. And you're doing that on a bike in eight days.
1: Eight to nine days. Nine. Yes. Yeah. Um, I want to I I be the first Brit to win it. Which... So that, I
0: mean, so that has, been, that has been your goal. Your goal for the last couple of years has been, and, and you've had some amazing sponsors come on board to kind of help you in that goal, is to... Be the first britain to win this race all the while you know kind of raising money and awareness for the charities that you're involved in
1: yeah it was never my goal to win race across america yeah. it wasn't until um we shared that data from the seven day world record with certain other people um within the cycling world that sat there and went right so you can ride 260 miles at 18 miles an hour with an average heart rate of 105. <laughs> okay, so we need to get some funding behind you, we need to get some training programs into you, and you don't just become somebody that could do Race Across America, you now become somebody that could win Race Across America. Wow. Um, and that was kind of like, I always wanted to do Ram and, and I didn't want to just make the numbers up. I wanted to go and, and give yeah. it a really good shot. But yeah, absolutely. To, to then, for then other people to then be talking about the potential of you winning it, um, mm-hmm. you kind of go, well, okay. And I'm still a little bit kind of careful how I want to use that terminology. But at the same time, I really believe that we have to take that approach that we're going there to win it. Yeah. As a team, we have to take that approach Um mentally. Um, you know, well, we'll have a go. That's like, you've already given up before you get there. Mm. Um, You know, so by taking that opinion that, you know, at the moment I'm not because they've canceled the race for this year. Uh, We actually pulled out of the race before they canceled it um, for this year with everything that's going on. Um, But when I'm training, my, diet is based on winning it. My training is mm. based on winning it. My cruise mentality is based on winning it. Mm. You know, and if we get there and we, we've, we've done everything that we can with that mentality and we don't win it, then it means that somebody there is better than us. Mm. Um, but that is my, my, my mantra is, you know, they said I wouldn't walk. I, I, I did. They said I mm. wouldn't ride across America in, in 25 days, 24 days. I did. They said I wouldn't raise, um, 100,000 pounds for for Macmillan. Well, we've actually raised over three million for different charities now. Amazing. Just amazing. um You know, they said I wouldn't do the seven day world record. I've I've done all of those. So keep telling me I'm not going to win race across America because it it just it's just going to help. You know.
0: So I mean, we we've, we've got a lot of kind of you know uh, endurance you know cyclists who who listen to our base. We've interviewed a few on this podcast, and you know some would kind of challenge the fact that it's the it's the hardest bike race um and my response to that is i think it is just a different beast you know because a, a few of our guys you know have kind of done races more solo unsupported so you know they're covering a huge amount of distance but they have to find food and, and all of that which is yeah. unbelievable achievement um, what you're doing is different you have a team behind you and your goal is to as essentially, as fast as possible, get from one side of the country to the other. And your yep. team of however many people is there to aid you in that. And I mean, yep. that is an extraordinary distance to cover in eight days. So, how many yep. kilometers or miles is that a day?
1: Um, well, I'll be, it, it varies over the course of it. I mean, you go up to 3,500 meters over Wolf Creek Pass. Mm-hmm. So, I'll, I'll be riding for in the region of 22 hours a day. Yeah. So, Gosh. 22 hours a day. Um and you'll go from, you know, we did race across the west last year, which was only nine hundred and thirty miles. Mm. Um, and that takes you from Oceanside and it follows the same street, the same follows the same route as Ram. Mm. And that takes you from 25 degrees to 30 degrees to 40 degrees at night in the desert, mm. to um the Navajo range of 45 degrees, to Arizona of 50 degrees is is what it hit mm. um at one point to um being in the mountains wearing every item of clothing you can physically put on your body to yeah. so then going up into Durango um, and being two and a half thousand meters up, mm. you know, there's one climb on it, which is 450 miles long. Um, but it's, <laughs> a, it's an average, it's an, it's an average gradient of um, is, three, 3% three all the way, that you is know, absurd. All, all of a sudden, you know, you kind of like, Oh, I don't feel too great. And then you look at and you're like, that's because we're at 2,500 meters and I yeah. haven't seen a hill. Yeah. Um, so, and then you, you come off the back of Wall Crease Pass for Race Across America and then you're in Kansas um, and you're facing tornadoes. And, you know, mm. it's kind of like, well, we're going to turn left in two days. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, 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 and that left turn is two degrees north, yeah. um, you know, and, and all of a sudden you're in a wire Um, mm. it, you're in other areas of where you've got storms coming at you. Mm. Um, I think Chris Ostrassa spent three days basically riding in a storm mm. um, two years ago mm. because the storm was moving with him whereas every other racer behind him completely missed it mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and they were fine mm-hmm. so you know and then you've got the appalachians at the end of it to to mm-hmm. deal with mm-hmm. um so it is it, it is brutal and you've got like I say you've got sort of nine people um that will be crewing and and looking after me on that mm-hmm. um and that's so, to,
0: so so who who have you got with you um yeah so what, what does that look like
1: Okay, so we've got um, we've got Dean. Um, mm. Dean um, will is predominantly my point of contact. Mm. Um, but then we've got uh, Lee Prescott, um, mm. who is a bike fitter, biomechanics, um, also looks after a lot of my food and stuff. Okay. Then we've got Charlie, who is my massage therapist back in England. Mm. Um, he works with Lee in terms of food, nutrition, just making sure I'm all right. There, you kind of there your three main. First car core. Mm. Um, you've then got Paul Morton, who looks after all of my logistics, um, who drives the RV. Um, we've then got um, the legend is Dan Cogan oh, okay. um, from, from 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 Sigma, um, who's coming with us to to look after all of our social media and make sure that he's he's kind of um, he's going to do a bit of an all round job. But he, one of his main roles is is going to be the social media. Uh, Do you know, Simon-
0: one of one of our um, one of my finest achievements <laughs> is um, we started something called hashtag Hogan, and and we put it on because he's such a legend, and 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 we put it on our board outside the front. So this this thing escalated, like people caught wind of it. <laughs> To the point where he was in Italy and he sent me a picture of Peter Sagan holding a sign saying hashtag Kogan. <laughs> I it remember was that. <laughs> it was
1: excellent.
0: It's definitely one of, one of our proudest moments. He's such a good dude.
1: He is, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, Dan the I get really well. He comes over mm. and stays here yeah. and, and, and stuff. So, um, And then we've got Simon Cordner, who is kind of our project manager. Um, he'll be coming along to, to help look at – what I wanted to do, and and this is, you know – we we've got a medic we've got nate parsons who's my strength and conditioning coach he's coming as well we've got jenks who's ex-special forces but qualified medic he's coming along as well um but what i was very conscious of doing is with race um with race across um and then we've got photographer coming so i think jules will be potentially coming with us as well we've got red bull media coming with us to to film a documentary on me and, and the training and everything we're doing in the build up um but what I was very keen on doing following race across the West was what I found was that the, the trio of Dean Lee and Charlie in, in the car worked really very, very well. Mm-hmm. Um, Paul in the RV, um, and then Jules taking photos, um, was, was, we got some amazing shots. I mean, some of the, a lot of the photography we've been using in, um, in the articles, the, the press and stuff we've been doing and on Instagram and everything are stuff that Jules did, mm-hmm. um, you know, and what I was really keen on doing was saying, okay, that core car of, of Dean, Lee, and Charlie, that worked really well. And without trying to sound disrespectful in any way to any of the guys, what I was very keen on them doing was giving making sure they'd got a whole lot more bodies around them. Mm. I didn't didn't then yep, want so, yeah. another nutritionist, another masseur, another driver. I, I, I wanted to make sure that, that they could they could function for 20 hours a day, <laughs> sleep for four. And they'd got everything that they needed um, because those guys would, you know, Lee, I do, I must do Lee's head in with my bike fit, you know, it's like, move my saddle three mil, what is, you know, and, and just reporting back to him of what we're doing and how I'm feeling and what's going on here to, you know, Charlie doing everything he can. And, you know, Dean setting me three hours training rides and me doing like two hours 58 just to really annoy him. Um, just (laughs) on purpose or you know you'll go right you need a four-hour ride today so I'll do I'll do three hours and 45 minutes you will be like why didn't you make it up and I'm like I'll make it up tomorrow Um, you know just just little things like that that I can do to to kind of test him to ringing him and saying "Um, can you message Louise and tell her that I need I need some downtime because my fatigue's too high and you know, and Louise is on the WhatsApp group, and you know it's just this this great team that, that mm. all work together. To yeah. so the sponsors, you know, we got you can't, you know. When I talk about team, team isn't just that crew of people that are going to be yeah. with us. Yeah. Team is you know David Best over at Morgan Stanley, yeah. Yanni at Rainmaker. I mean, Yanni, a lot of people that go in the in 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 the in the cafe will know Yanni. Um, Yanni's been supporting me now for since uh 2017 uh, mid early 2017 you know and we wouldn't have done the seven day world record if it wasn't for yanni coming on board when he did
0: yeah,
1: um you know and now yanni comes and stays here and i i do stuff with rainmaker in terms of speaking and engagement to to him just being amazing and working with yanni and with Sven at the buffalo foundation the trustee of the buffalo foundation now um you know brew and dolphin who have been on board and the first thing I did before we put out the announcement last week that we weren't going to go and do race cross America this year, um, was speak to everybody involved. And that was, mm. you know, it's not until you do that, you realize there's a hell of a lot of phone calls that mm. you, that you're having and you're having the same conversation to say, look guys, are you, are you on board next year? Are you okay with it? How do you feel if we don't mm. go and do it? Mm. It's, you know, I was kind of getting a bit twitchy about it, but at the same time, um, they're, they're all part of this so mm. they need to have that input um,
0: well I mean I think you know the people that you've referenced obviously I, I, I've met and uh, it was you know we were together in London what a few couple of months ago now yeah. uh, up at Morgan Stanley and it's amazing hearing and speaking to David best about it because it it's not just I think in in the world that we live in, especially around social media, there is so much that is done for the for the gram. You know, there's so much that's done for the kudos. There's so much that's done for this and that, um, and it just gets really tiring. I know that's something that you and I have spoken about in the past. Yeah, they're yeah. kind of they're doing. You know, people, well-meaning people, maybe are just doing it for the wrong reasons deep down. Yep. Whereas it's clear, um, you know, and it can feel like a marketing exercise. Whereas it it it's clear that the people that are supporting you just really believe in you and then in turn really believe in what you're doing. And that makes a world of difference to anybody else coming on board. Um, you know, like I've spoken with David best, you know, we were unfortunately going to be hosting a ride in a few weeks from the shop, um, which obviously (laughs) it had to be put on hold. So speaking to David on the phone, you know, he, he is passionate about this. It's not just a yep. marketing thing that would look good on there. You know, at that next year's AGM, you know, this is, it, it, it is a personal belief. Yep. Um, and I, I think it's great, man. And a credit to you as a person, but also just, you know, w- your story, but what you're doing is, is bigger than just you. And you're very humble in it all. Um, which is, yeah, just amazing.
1: Thank you. Uh, you know, I, I, say, I just, I, I'm here kind of by accident and I, I'll, race across america is is me done really um yeah. there's there's going to be some changes after that but yeah, we'll um, sure. we'll talk about those later so obviously
0: this year has has been postponed um yep. you know you guys made the decision because everything was up in the air and so you guys made that you took that uncertainty out of the equation you made the decision not to do it yep. and to do it in 2021 um you've shared with me a little bit about some of the things you've got planned but you know can you what is the plan for next year and what's the plan for the rest of this year
1: yeah i mean there's this yeah you and i have, have spoken about that and ram next year is the 15th of june next year um the other stuff that we've got planned i think really at the moment i'm i'm going to leave it where it is sure um it's um my my plan at the moment is to to finish off the few bottles of wine that I got <laughs> for Christmas. Excellent. Um I've got a couple of stone walls in the garden that need rebuilding. <laughs> Excellent. Um and spend some time with Lila and Louise and Freddie yeah, um around in you know, enjoying what we've got here before I then have to be out doing five, six, seven, eight hours training again. Um so um it's we we've we've got some plans, but I'm really not doing anything with it at the moment Now now's not the time i think my biggest challenge at the moment was was going and doing the food shop yesterday um and (laughs) trying to trying to get enough in so i don't need to go out the house for the next sort of 10 days two weeks but
0: well um, i mean you you um you know you're you and the family relocated yes last year uh to portugal Mm. uh in my favorite part of the world but my wife hannah and i have, have been privileged to come up and have some dinner at your house a couple of times and uh,
1: yeah
0: yeah just well, absolutely love it out there it's pretty good for riding though eh?
1: it's great it's perfect mm. i mean we are we're setting a cycling camp up over here so mm.
0: um
1: post ram 2021 um we'll be taking guests here and um showing people around the algarve that's the I uh, mean, that's the plan the,
0: the algarve is without doubt my favorite place and, and and i'm sure one day hopefully not in the too distant future i'll i'll, I'll look to call that home as well but, uh, yeah, I'm sure yeah. you will.
1: I'm, yeah. I have no doubt that that will, um, that will happen in some way, shape or form. But, I just so. love it out there.
0: And, and for anybody who's listening who hasn't been out there riding, go out, take
1: your bike. It's amazing. No, don't take your bike. Just come and hire one of mine. Oh, perfect. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. I'll take that old retro Cannondale you've got behind you. Uh,
1: yes, there's a, there's a couple in here. I've got an old uh, M2000, from, yeah, nice. um, which actually my mum used to ride. Um, which was a, an old race bike, and then there's actually an old Yeti up on the wall, which has uh, got some original Manitou's on it. Um, uh-huh. Yeah, and then there's just a, there's there's quite a few toys. This is kind of my little part of the world. Yeah, this is this it. is my part of our house that nobody else <laughs> is allowed to touch or decimate <laughs> with stuff. But you know, a garage. Yeah, but it's you know. <laughs> A man's, gar- man's garage yeah. is his castle, yeah, yeah. isn't it? You absolutely, know? absolutely
0: right. <laughs> yeah. um, well, look, James, obviously, thank you. I really appreciate your time. Um, I know it's going to really impact and, you know, kind of resonate with a lot of people. So thank you. Um, moving Thanks forward, for how, can, how can people follow what you're doing? Um, how can people support?
1: Um, we're, we're on Instagram. Um, Jimmy, the link on Instagram, uh, Facebook, James Golding, one step at a time. Um, and James Golding one on Twitter. Um, keep in touch, follow what we're doing, share what we're doing. Um, just just be part of it, really. Um, if there's anybody out there that, that wants to become a sponsor and do some speaking and, and stuff like that, then drop us a line and uh, we'll build we'll that um, conversation session
0: We'll link everything below, uh, and yeah, maybe we can put some stuff on our site as well, um, just to kind of help raise awareness of what you're doing
1: and your thanks, story. Thanks, mate. Appreciate but it. Thanks,
0: thanks, man. Appreciate it, buddy.
1: Thank you.